they're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about everything we drop, because we're going to get tested on it. If, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's going to test us on it. Conspiracy Gangster. News with Attitude. Yo, 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 what is up? We're back. Conspiracy Gangster. News with Attitude. And let's get everything out in the front. Thank you all for jumping out there, supporting, and uh, picking up those shirts at killthemockingbirds.com. If you haven't got a chance, definitely should go to killthemockingbirds.com. Click that merch button or get the link below in the description of this podcast. Go get you a shirt, man. Go get one, get two. Got some more on the way. A little hush hush. We got a couple good ideas I think people are going to love for sure. And you could go to killthemockingbirds.com as well and go to the homepage. And you can go get your tickets for 40 and Airwaves. That's the 6th, the 7th, and 8th in October. Two-day event with a bonus breakfast on Sunday. That's going to be a pancake breakfast on Sunday. Yeah, I kind of said that a little bit weird. (laughs) You can follow me, Sean Chris Music, on Instagram. And don't forget to stream my music on all streaming music platforms at Sean Chris. But let's get into the good stuff. Like we always do about this time. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Voters in next year's presidential election could end up deciding whether former President Trump goes to the White House or to prison. To prison. The judge then reading the charges. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Specifically, the January 6th certification of the presidential results. Obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. And conspiracy against rights. To deprive people of their right to vote, to have their votes counted. The Justice Department has asked the federal judge overseeing the criminal case in Washington, D.C. against former President Donald Trump to protect evidence in the case. Prosecutors are concerned following a social media post by Trump on Friday that appeared by some to offer a potential threat of revenge. The former president posted on social media, quote, if you go after me, I'm coming after you, in all caps. This is a persecution of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. Inside the courtroom, Mr. Trump and his attorneys sat just steps away from special counsel Jack Smith. And I want to spend a moment on Jack Smith because um, he is essentially who Donald Trump is up against in multiple of these uh, indictments. The two, of course, the classified documents and the January 6th one. And they are sitting across from each other inside this courtroom. Jack Smith is someone who has run over and competed in over 100 triathlons. He was reportedly at one point hit when he was on his bike by a truck. And 10 weeks later, he ran another triathlon. This is a man of a lot of grit and a lot of determination. And even what we have seen in these indictments is just a sliver of what they know and his prosecutorial team knows, right? His aggressive approach to his personal health and exercise correlates to how he approaches his prosecution and his strategy. We've talked a lot about how the former president President is under pressure, but Jack Smith is also under pressure today. Today, today, today. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? 
Another week, another Trump indictment. And with that, it started getting me to think, because this week's been going on and I saw a bunch of different things that got me into this new realm where this thing in the ether, it started for me personally going down this rabbit hole. I was just randomly watching Tim Pool. Don't usually watch Tim Pool every now and then. Uh... Nothing against him, just not always a big fan. This is something that I don't keep up with as much. But I just happen to be watching it. I think a clip of it, maybe I saw it on uh, YouTube Shorts or something of like that. And Roseanne Barr was on there. And she was talking about there will be no 2024 election. Now, granted, someone just saying that, throwing in the ether. Anything could happen. I was like, eh, it's possible, right? Like, but really sounds far-fetched. And with Roseanne saying it, why is she saying that? I didn't really think like there's not going to be an election, but I just think, why is someone saying that and putting it out there? Well, where's she here from? So I started digging a little bit. And she heard it from, well, she doesn't specifically say, I didn't really hear her out of her. I'll say that I didn't go through the whole Tim Pool interview, but I did my own little digging. And what I found was one clip from the Patrick Bet David podcast with Colonel Douglas McGregor. And he really started going off on the same notion. There will be no 2024 election. I don't think we'll ever get to the 2024 election. I think things are going to implode in Washington before then. I think our economic financial condition is fragile. It's going to come home to roost in ugly ways. I, I will tell you, I don't know exactly how it will happen. I think we're going to end up in a situation where we find out the banks are closed for two or three weeks and nobody can get into them. You think so? I think we're going to end, run into something like that, yeah. I also think that the levels of violence and criminality in our cities is so high that it, it's going to spill over into other places in society. Ple People that normally think they can live remote from the problem are now beginning to be touched by the problem. So he goes on and talks about how the Democrats are taking over, that they're going to get rid of Biden, maybe have Kamala warming up the seat. And they're got Gavin Newsom in the, uh, you know, warming up in the batters uh, in the batters box, getting ready. He's on deck, ready to go. And that California is the blueprint. But he believes this is Colonel McDoug uh, McGregor's, sorry, McDouglas, <laughs> McGregor's words saying that he thinks there'll be some kind of revolution because once people don't have food and the money for food in their family, that's when things get real serious. And what got me, you know, becoming more suspicious is because, again, this message is being pushed out there. The same message, you know, about the 2020 election being stolen. Again, I believe that presidents are selected, not elected. And I don't think of it the same way everybody else does. I believe that they push uh, with intelligence and different agencies within the government push certain people into the light. And I think they use different tactics and I think they switch it up with Trump and they saw that publicity is publicity. Let's get him out there. Let's make him a martyr. Let's have him be there for the people. He's their hero. And I think they did this, are doing the same thing with RFK, which I said on the previous show, and I was talking about that, Bobby the Op. 
what really got me even further is because I started going down this rabbit hole, got onto BitChute, started looking up different videos, and I saw this one, this podcast, Brave TV. And who else is talking about no 2024 elections? None other than General Flynn. There's a lot of people saying they don't see now. I don't know why. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go down a conspiratorial road. I'd rather rather hear from you and get objective data. But they're saying like, hey, we can see where there's no 2024 election. We have a complete criminal in the White House. I mean, there's cocaine in in the in the West Wing at this point. Um, but <laughs> but what's your take on that when we see that? Because a lot of people have trouble. Just like you said, you had the DeSantis of the world running, and I'm in Florida with you. Like, I didn't see him being president until at least 2028. I see Donald Trump being the president. Do we have concerns? I mean, we saw we saw this happen in Myanmar, which you've talked about before, where we have to we have to fix this system before we do anything. Yeah, I, I mean, so I saw that I saw that clip with uh, with Doug McGregor, and I know I know uh, Colonel McGregor. He's a great warrior, and he's a and he's a very strategic guy, very strategic thinker, and he doesn't say things lightly. And I and I uh, and 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 even in his. And in the sort of the testimony that he gave to uh, to Bet David Show, he uh, I think if I remember you know if I remember correctly, he basically said he doesn't under he doesn't know how that's going to happen. He you know he's not he's not uh, wasn't speculating about exactly how something like that is going to happen. Meaning you know that the 2024 election doesn't occur, but that's pretty much what he said was that the he can see a scenario as as I can a scenario that. That we don't have an election in 2024. That some other, and they call them black swans. Some other black swan type event occurs, or maybe yeah. there's some, maybe there's a couple of black swan type events occur, and 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 there is a declaration of some sort of national emergency, and whoever is in charge of the White House, you know, declares that we, for the good of the country, we can't hold an election right now because we've got to we've got to solve this emergency we've got to fix this problem and that even includes you know going to war i mean the the craziness and and mcgregor's been really outspoken about the war in ukraine as well and rightly so uh because it's you know what's happening in ukraine and eastern europe and they and the discussions of nuclear weapons and and all the problems that we've learned now about what what Ukraine is and was, and the people that have gotten us involved in that, and the people that want to continue this endless war, that actually could have an impact. That could be one of the one of the components of a scenario that keeps us from having an election in twenty twenty four. So you got to remember, Michael Flynn was the assistant director of the National Intelligence, the DIA. And I think this is more proof this is a CIA, DIA battle of bureaucrats to who really runs everything. Because I think the bureaucrats of the world are really what run things and keep things functional. And the way that he said it could be a war, like it kind of insinuating with Ukraine. And then you got to think about what the, neo, uh, uh, the neocons are up to. With Taiwan and China, they're pushing a lot of that agenda. We hear it on both sides now. So I'm going to show the other side of it. Now, they're not saying there won't be no, 
a 2024 election. I just think they're trying to plant these seeds of doubt and really get the working class completely divided. And we're seeing little by little, well, not even little by little anymore. There's big chunks and it's going back and forth. These indictments have helped. Uh, they've rallied the Trump crowd back up to where they're like, see, he's being persecuted. He's on our team. If this happened to him, what could happen to you? We hear that a lot. But even though people are already in the working class, people like me and you have been in situations where we would already be in jail. So that aside, and I get like the, you go with the whole, like each president, like, you know, has done every single president has done numerous things that they should be jailed for. Like I, we could go off forever on that. And I'm not trying to say if Trump's guilty or not guilty. I just feel like either he's a useful idiot, like I've said before, or somehow part of the plan, but I just don't see him actually being some hero. I think this is all an intelligent war. And some of it even seems like a troll. Cause I started to think about this, how some of the Q crowd really believed that uh, JFK Jr. was going to come back and run with Trump. And then how ironic that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is now running, but uh, with the DNC. And I have a clip from him. Uh, he was on Jimmy Dore. He was talking about a lot of stuff. I could tell a lot of the classical liberals were getting upset with him. He had a big policy heavily towards Israel. Uh, kind of talked down on Palestine and made it seem like they were a terrorist state. Heard a lot of that rhetoric. But this clip that I clipped was to match this whole scenario of no 2024 election. And I don't think there's going to be that. But it just also, again, reminded me of when you'd see the people talking in the Q circles about the military's the only way. The military's going to take over, right? And that's what Flynn was saying. And that's what Colonel McGregor was saying. Now... Robert Kennedy is painting a picture of corruption within the DNC. And then the Democratic Party is doing a bunch of things to make sure that I can't, that even if I win all more votes than Joe Biden, that they won't count. Oh, the Democratic Party thinks that I may win New Hampshire. So they've removed Joe Biden uh, from New Hampshire. And they say that if any candidate, they've passed a rule that says any candidate who actively campaigns in New Hampshire, that the delegates they win will not be allowed to into the convention. And that now what they're saying is they're going to they're going to extend that so that if you campaign in New Hampshire, which I've already done, that any votes that you get in Georgia won't count for you either. And the more I thought about it, I thought the reason Robert Kennedy would be more of an op to really get Trump to win is because they always have to have that like offsetting, right? To make it seem that Biden was legitimate, that presidents are elected and not selected the opposite of my belief, obviously they would have to really paint the picture that Biden is losing votes, not because of his policies, but because somebody else is running under that ticket and he's making sound how difficult it is and the things that they're, you know, trying to get him into that they're the hoops are making him jump through to really make it in here and we can see that now he's becoming enemy number one for the dnc and i just think it's going to be like hey he took votes away from biden that's how trump won i think that just paints it in that scenario and we're gonna see i think the closer we get to 2024 we're gonna see not only more like 
this hoopla of Trump indictments or going to court, but we're going to see a lot of this mail-in voting stuff like we heard before. And I think they're going to push this so that we can be like, oh man, you know, I'm going to get there early. I'm going to get my vote in. And after I play this, this is Michelle Obama talking and urging people to vote early and mail-in voting. And I have like my final, uh, what I think is a possibility after this. We've got to vote early. So we have the peace of mind to know that our vote for Joe Biden is in the bank. We've got to go to IWillVote.com right now to request our absentee ballots and send them back immediately or take them to a drop box or an election office. She's saying vote early, all this, right? Pushing with the mail-in ballots, which obviously is going to make people suspicious of this election again. And I think that's the intent because both sides are constantly fighting with each other, which makes it easier when the working class is completely divided to have oligarchs run everything. And I think it makes it much easier. And could it be that the one, the only Klaus Schwab, his prediction, what he laid forth a couple years ago, warning us that this would be much, much worse, even the worse than the COVID-19. We all know, but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. A major cyber attack. And we've been hearing a lot more about those. We've heard food services been disrupted, like uh, food change, oil companies, telecom, uh, different things. Little by little, we've heard. And I think they're kind of making it closer and closer to make it more real and more dangerous and deadly. Because over the past weekend, we got this doozy right here. Tonight, the FBI is investigating a cyber attack targeting hospitals and clinics in at least four states Thursday, forcing several emergency rooms to shut down. Prospect Medical Holdings says it took its computer systems offline after learning it had been breached by hackers. The problem also caused urgent care and elective surgery centers to close and ambulances to be diverted. The systems are not expected to be online until next week. So hospitals were affected. Ambulances were affected. I think it's just another scare tactic. And it got me to thinking to finish up like this. Oh, after all these pieces, I kind of try to throw together. I know it's a bunch. But maybe at some point there's no 2024 election or if the seed that they're trying to plant is going to have grow anything to anything that actually matters or is is significant to us. I think it would be a cyber attack from a foreign agent on our election system. I mean, it would follow the pattern of what they did with, you know, the uh, Russia, 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 Russia's everything. So it's something that kind of got me thinking that uh, they're going to use that. 
And why wouldn't they, right? Now, one of the stories I really, really wanted to talk about, and I don't think too many people have talked about this, and I hope I'm going to post this uh, whole clip. Um, I personally heard it on last uh, The Last American Vagabond. That's one of my uh, go-tos. Because it's hard to get everything, right? We can't hear everything all the time. But this one was important. Uh, it was, a, I want to say, like a week or two ago. I don't know the exact date. I am looking right now. I think it was around July 27th. Not positive, but that's at least when this post is. Um, I think I, I've shared it on Twitter. So if you go to my Twitter, Sean Chris KTMB, um, you can find it there. But anyways, they had a panel grill Mayorkas, the head of DHS. And what they were talking about is the White House colluding with Facebook and other social media companies to censor speech. And they brought up Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, which is a department within the DHS. Now, I'm going to be playing this and I'm going to stop it at a couple points, one or two points, and point them some things out. But this is the best part of it. Um, it's Senator uh, Representative Mike Johnson really lays into my orcas and you can see him squirm. And I think this is important. Oh, actually, this was July 24th. My bad. The chair now recognizes the gentleman from Louisiana. Secretary Mayorkas, we have the frustrating responsibility on this committee of providing oversight of your agency. But I have to be honest and tell you, I'm not sure exactly what you do at the Department of Homeland Security other than great harm. On your watch, the data is pretty clear. We've had record levels of illegal immigration, a rapid decline in deportations, skyrocketing fentanyl deaths across our country, and the Secret Service, which is a DHS component, can't determine who left cocaine at the White House. In the middle of all this, you created the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, CISA, which is a division of, 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 your, of DHS, and it's one of the Biden administration agencies that colluded with and coerced the social media companies to censor Americans' protected free speech online. That's specifically detailed in a 155-page court opinion that came out of the federal court in Louisiana in the landmark litigation of Missouri v. Biden. Have you read that court opinion? Uh, Congressman, uh, I have not. And um, uh, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency does not censor speech. Okay, well, that's the court found otherwise. And it's really curious to me. Actually, it's quite alarming that you haven't read the opinion because your agency is listed in this opinion. The federal court looked at volumes of evidence over months of litigation, and they determined, among other things, that uh, if the allegations made by the plaintiffs, the states in this case are true, and, and hold on, the preliminary injunction was granted against your agency, sir, and other Biden administration agencies, including the DOJ and FBI, the court said it involves the most massive attack against free speech in United States history. And you're telling me this opinion issued July 4th has not reached your desk. No one's briefed you on it? Oh, I have been briefed on the Missouri litigation. Okay, but you haven't taken the time to read it yet. Congressman, um... No, hold on. Have you read it or not? I have read parts of it, Congressman. Oh, parts of it. Did you read the parts where it said that this is Orwellian and dystopian and that your agency is involved in a massive cover-up of specifically conservatives' free speech online? Congressman, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency is not involved in such conduct. Okay. Well, the court found otherwise, and you stand here under oath and you give us these answers that we know were not true because this is demonstrably untrue. I'm suggesting to you that you're saying things to us under oath that are proven by the record to be untrue. 
Now, let's go back a little bit. So he's talking about this court hearing, this court hearing that was in Missouri that they have found uh, that they were censoring speech. And obviously, Mayorkas is uh, denying it because he's under oath. And now when he brought up the conservatives being censored, yes, conservatives are definitely censored. And at this time, definitely they're being censored maybe more than others. But anybody that goes against the establishment, let's not forget that it's not just left or right. If you go against the establishment, you are going to get censored. And that is what this is about. And he takes it even further. I think Mayorkas is obviously going to keep playing dumb because they're under oath. They're not going to give us any real material. But this next half, just really pay attention. I think it's very important what he like is saying. And here, read between the lines a little bit. Let me ask you about this specifically. Um, CISA was created to, uh, we call it the Misinformation and Disinformation Subcommittee of CISA. Are you familiar with that? Uh, MDM, the MDM subcommittee, is it, you're familiar with that? C Congressman, I am very well aware of the threat of disinformation emanating from adverse nations. Are you states. familiar with the subcommittee? Just answer the question. I am. Okay. Does it still exist? Congressman, are you speaking of the... Does the MDM subcommittee still exist? Uh, I would have to get back to you on that. Okay. All right. Kind of a big deal in your agency. I'm sh uh, kind of shocked that you don't know the answer to that. Can you define what misinformation is? Congressman, uh, misinformation is false information that is disseminated uh, to... Uh, Excellent. Who determines what is false? Uh, Congressman, our focus... No, our who focus. determines what is false in your agency? Congressman, if you're going to pull something off the Internet and collude with a social media platform to make sure Americans don't see it, who determines what's false? Congressman, we don't do that. That's not true. That is not true. That is not what the court has found. This is not a Republican talking point. This is what the documents show. We've had people testify under oath that say, and you just define the term, you're telling me that you don't know who determines what is false? Congressman, what we do at CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, is identify the tactics that adverse nation states use to weaponize disinformation Okay, what is disinformation? What is disinformation? Disinformation is inaccurate information. Who determines what's inaccurate? Who determines what's false? Do you understand the problem here? The reason the framers of our Constitution did not create an exception for, quote-unquote, false information from the First Amendment is because they didn't trust the government to determine what it is. And you have whole committees of people in your agency trying to determine what they, de they determine, they define as false or misinformation. That is not true. Within what is true? What we Please do enlighten us. Is what we do is we disclose the tactics that adverse nation states are utilizing to weaponize no, information. No, sir. No, sir. The court found specifically it's a finding of fact that is not disputed by the government defendants, the Biden administration, your agency, the FBI, or DHS, not in the litigation. They determined you made, you and all of your cohorts made no distinction between domestic speech and foreign speech. So don't stand there and tell me under oath that you only focused on adverse, you know, uh, adversaries around the world, foreign actors. That's not true. Congressman, the, um, the Missouri case, the litigation to which you refer, is the, the subject of continuing litigation. But the facts were not disputed, and I so, so regret that I'm out of time. I hope I get some more yielded. I yield back. Man, he really took it to him, though. <laughs> it went off. I, I think that it's obvious that disinformation and misinformation is whatever 
they want it to be at the time that pushes whatever narrative or propaganda they want out there. And that's how it's going to be. That's why he wouldn't answer any questions and he never would because that's what we have to remember. And I think sometimes people get lost in the political field of left and right and who's right, who's wrong. What side are you on? At the end of the day, it always goes back to this. You will obey. A senior State Department official tells us the U.S. does not believe Prigozhin is behind the coup in Niger, where today the president was seen publicly for the first time since being ousted. Our Courtney Cuby is the only U.S.-based journalist inside Niger. Tonight, the first glimpse of Niger's democratically elected president, Mohamed Bazoum. Not seen since last week after a coup. Bazoum smiling, meeting with the leader of Chad, who's now trying to mediate in Niger after several West African countries called on the coup leaders to give up power, warning them to release President Bazoum in the next week or face possible military action. Such measures may include the use of force. Over the weekend, thousands took to the streets of the capital here, mostly peaceful, supporting the coup. Some waving Russian flags chanting, Long live Russia. Though violence erupted outside the French embassy, crowds burning a door and throwing rocks at windows chased off by tear gas before they could breach the outer walls. Tonight, the coup leaders have not responded to the ultimatum, vowing to defend Niger from aggression, accusing France of planning a military intervention. Both France and the U.S. have military bases here in Niger. Adding to the tensions, should the U.S. designate this as a coup, more than $400 million in U.S. aid and military training would immediately be at risk. Any questions? Eroding years of U.S.-Nigerian partnership, training to combat terror groups here. So Niger is a strong point for the Western world. Uh, You heard that they were attacking the France embassy. They have a big connection with Macron, right? So Niger, West African leaders plan possible Niger intervention as deadly... Deadline looms. The economic community of West Africa states has given Niger coup leaders until Sunday to step down and restate and reinstate elected president Mohammed Bazoum. Given its uranium and oil riches and pivotal role in the war with Islamist rebels in the Sahel region, Niger has strategic Significance for the United States, China, Europe, and Russia. So this is a hot spot. West Africa leaders plan possible Niger intervention as deadline looms. They're huge on uranium oil riches. Um, they, the war with Islamic rebels is right there. Niger is strategically significant for United States, China, and Europe, and Russia. It's a huge point. You had Blinken over there seeking partnership with African youth leaders. Putin promises grains debt write-off as Russia seeks African allies. Putin says Russia wrote off $23 billion in African debt. I think it's going to be... Nigeria is definitely going to be something we should pay attention to. The U.S. has a dr- $110 million dollar drone base in Niger. Uh they they that's their headquarters of fighting you know the Islamic state, the terrorist state. So it's something 
that's been on our radar and I think it's going to be built. I'm going to probably have a little bit more on it. Not too much on it today. I just wanted to touch on it. Show like, uh, get people aware. Maybe you guys could dig some stuff up, man. You guys, a lot of times people send me stuff and sometimes I don't see it, you know, sometimes it's stuff I've already seen, but you know, we were kind of getting into that. Just wanted to br briefly touch on that. And then, uh, I think it's time to change it up. So I want to do another little presentation type of deal and uh, talk about the connection of transgenderism and autism. First, to kick it off, I wanted to play, this is in New Zealand, the Senate and gender dysphoria inquiry shut down. Now, my next guest, along with the majority of his coalition colleagues, voted in favour of One Nation leader Pauline Hanson's gender dysphoria bill yesterday. She was seeking an investigation by the Community Affairs Reference Committee into whether confused or unhappy children were being pushed into gender reassignment surgery with an overdiagnosis of gender dysphoria. It didn't pass, and there were several coalition MPs, including Simon Birmingham and Jane Hume, who voted with the Greens and Labor to defeat the motion. Alex Antic, welcome to the program. Explain to me how the coalition has sitting MPs who are against an inquiry into this most important area, contentious area. Well, Rita, thanks for having me. And first thing I'd say is um, we need to be clear, this was a motion of Pauline Hanson's, which was simply seeking to have a whole lot of important questions about gender dysphoria referred to a Senate committee, uh, looking into things like mm -hmm. whether or not gender reassignment surgeries should be having, whether we should be giving kids puberty blockers. Pretty reasonable questions, if you ask me. Um, and it was taken as a, as a conscience vote on our side of the chamber. And, you know, that's the prerogative of the leader, Simon Birmingham, he's, he's uh, and the, you know the leadership team are happy. You know, it's their their choice to do that. But um, I would have thought that you know it wasn't an unreasonable request, and I, I voted for it. Uh, and um, you know, you you would have to ask those who voted against it why, why so, they did. I, I don't know. I kick it off with that. Just kind of like you know, we've heard this all over. A lot of people are pushing uh, whether it's laws against transitioning children or protecting whatever state you're in or county depending if it's red or blue we hear that in america and it's worldwide we're hearing it everywhere and there's more studies that have been done there's a study that links autism spectrum disorder and transgender identity autistic people report higher rates of non-cisgender identities and gender diverse folks self-report higher rates of autistic traits this study suggests that people who don't identify with their assigned sex at birth are three to six times more likely to report autism related behaviors and be, and be diagnosed with ASD than their cisgender counterparts. Now this is a NIH a document. I got it. gov. I will be posting it as well uh maybe i'll get joel to put it on the website he's been doing a fantastic job again hey why not just get a little shameless plug kill the but i'll post it there and i'll also do it on the uh, post it also on the telegram kill the mockingbirds and you can read it for yourself and i thought it was pretty insightful i uh, got a couple other articles and a couple other studies that have linked autism and transgenderism that 
seems that a large percent of people that want to transition have autistic characteristics, which makes sense because a lot of autistic people have trouble with fitting in, have a trouble with uh, getting social cues and knowing, feeling out of place and things of that nature. So I thought that's something that could definitely be in play. And to further it a little bit, just to put a little cherry on the top, here's Peter McCullough. And he he brings up some interesting points. Pride flag, this colorful pride, well, pride flag. It's on my, uh, my Substack and on my Twitter feed. was recently updated to overlay the autism infinity symbol that was the this, this this symbol of the Autism Society since 1999. And in, in the upgrade, it said this is to include, include neurodiversity. Neurodiversity. So why, why autism? Why not stroke or multiple sclerosis or some other condition? Well, this is what we've learned. Uh, a, a paper by van der Meesen from the Netherlands now uh, nearly 15 years ago pointed out that young people going for gender change were autistic. At least 20% had the clinical diagnosis of autism. And now more recently, a big survey, 600,000 people, LGBT survey, surveyed using standard psychometric instruments. And guess what? LGBT, particularly the T, is off the Richter scale for autism and autism spectrum disorder. Damn, son, where'd you find this? You know what I'm saying? To me, that just really seals the deal. It's on the flag. Why? Why are you incorporating that together? I think because they go together. I think a lot of people have read these studies and they know that it's fact. And I think that's something that needs to be pushed out there more and more. Because the arguments that we're having is like, you know, I understand the whole no story time with drag queens. I understand you don't want your kids indoctrinated. with some things that you you don't approve of in your moral compass or what you see fit, especially as children, like I get protecting the kids all day. But when we're telling people that are adults, the reason why it's dangerous and what happens besides, you know, when we talk about the medication that they use, the, the hormones, all those things contribute and damage the body. But also, we kind of see why it's there, the connection, how it happens. And I think that uh, the autistic trans connection is, is real, in my opinion. Well, at first we were kind of cheering a little bit because, you know, Anthony Fauci is no longer going to be at the NIH. But unfortunately, this is his replacement. Gene Marazzo will become the new head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases beginning this fall, replacing Dr. Anthony Fauci, who held the position for the last 40 years. Marazzo has been described by critics as fanatical and an outspoken supporter of the COVID lockdown policy and mandates. Check out this supercut from Tech Judge. Please consider wearing a mask when you go out. You don't need to wear one when you're at home. Masks in young 
people going to school over the age of six, all the things we've been talking about, mask wearing, hand hygiene, and social distancing. Masks have contributed to the control of this pandemic in other communities. Even mask wearing, except when you're eating, you can prevent it with very good masks. The three basic rules, wear a mask, make sure you wash your hands frequently or use hand sanitizer, and keep your distance. So it doesn't look like it's going to be much better. And I see it's getting some legs. Uh, uh, last week we talked about Disease X, uh, the WEF's podcast that was talking about this hypothetical Disease X. And I'm seeing a lot more articles pushing out that narrative of this Disease X. And we have to figure out what it's going to be. But don't worry, that's not going to get us yet. We still got some time for the disease to catch up to us. But we do what we don't have time for is guess what, guys? We got another milestone that passed us by. And it's a dangerous one. Earth Overshoots Day. So Earth Overshoot Day. Humans surpass what Earth can produce in a year. Uh-oh. We're all going to die. Humanity has burned through Earth's annual budget for resources in under eight months. Known as Earth Overshoot Day, to the 2nd of August marks the date on which we've used up all the resources that the planet can regenerate already in one year. Uh, but there is good news as we've used our annual budget roughly five days later than in 2022. To tell us more, I was earlier joined by Francois Gemin, researcher for the National Fund for Scientific Research. Well, basically, we're consuming way too many resources, uh, many more resources than the Earth can actually provide in one year, which means that if we continue living this way, we will not be able to keep the Earth uninhabitable in the long run. Uh, if we want to see the glass half full, we can say that we've managed to stabilize this day over the past few years. If we want to see the glass half empty, uh, we need to remember that this day ideally should be December 31st and not August 2nd. Priority right now and probably the most urgent thing is to move out of fossil fuels. Fossil fuels today continue to represent about 85% of um, of our uh energy budget, that is, of the total of the energy that we produce on a daily basis. And this is clearly what is leading the world towards a climate change above two degrees by the end of the century. So the top priority is certainly to move out of fossil fuels. Got that top five money. He can afford it. <laughs> yeah. So we already surpassed it in eight months. I mean, number one, right? We're good. We're good at what we do, I guess. It's that fear-mongering, there's not enough land, not enough food, not enough resources. It's like this plan, like we heard discussed earlier with the no elections 2024 and combining that with Niger and cyber attacks. I think these are the things that they want to implement to push forward with like some kind of world war because I think that's how they truly reset things uh, financially, worldwide. It's more than just what we're doing here in America. So we'll be all right though. Don't, don't trip. Like I'm not trying to get anybody on the bad side. So we, we know that we, we always prevail, man. We always prevail.
And, you know, this kind of remind me a little bit of some uh, vaccity vax stuff right here. But they're blaming it on climate change. Yeah, pure usual. He can stroke it. Record smashing heat wave is expanding. Triple digit temperatures are possible in the plains and Midwest in the coming days from Wichita to Minneapolis. And by week's end, temperatures near 100 for Chicago. And we got smoke, we got heat, then we got storms in the forecast all for the week ahead. Doctors warn this heat can take a toll on your heart. A new study finds the soaring temperatures combined with poor air quality can double your risk of suffering a deadly heart attack. In Arizona, it's the pavement causing a surge in patients at the Phoenix Burn Center. We have just been seeing a huge spike in the number of people with contact burns. Uh, you know, most people don't realize that the pavement, concrete, cement, sidewalks, rocks, the temperature of those surfaces can get to be 170 to 180 degrees, which is just a little bit below the boiling temperature of water. So it only takes a fraction of a second to get a really bad burn. Today, Phoenix is expected to see its 26th consecutive day of 110 degrees or hotter. It hasn't been below 90 degrees in 15 days. We always expect to see some of these cases, but uh, the numbers this year are just off the charts. Man, climate change is doing everything now, just causing people to just drop dead and have heart attacks. Not the vaxity vax, though, but I guess it's the heat, even though this heat is every year at this time in the summer, but they've keep running like this is the hottest day the hottest ever then there's some people that are just relaxing in the cool weather i've got some of my friends and i've been uh texting me and they're like man i don't know about you but it's like 70 degrees here and it's not hot everywhere so i think that climate bogus bullshit which we all know is but i just like to keep refreshing everybody with uh what we're hearing in the news because that's what i'm trying to do on this is uh give you the news with a little bit of attitude you know and we'll build each show. We got to end this off with one of the greats if we're going to end off the climate section. We're almost done with climate section. But there's one guy that's going to figure it all out. And he's got the solution. Well, it's not going to alleviate it right, the heat problem right now. But we also have a number of programs to do everything from uh, allow people to have the ability to get help to literally paint the roofs white, to uh, change their, the, their, their, w- w- their windows and doors and get tax credits for doing it so heat doesn't, so uh, air conditioning doesn't escape. To be able, there's a whole bunch of programs that are out there that as we get through the heat wave, that we're, well, as we get by this worst part, that we're able to invest in the communities to keep it from happening as badly next time it occurs. So he's telling you to paint your roof white. You'll get government subsidies though, okay? So that's good. Paint your roof white and it reduces the heat. You don't have to have the air on. You could just, you know, you'll be perfect. Just paint your whole house. That's why they did the White House white, right? <laughs> they put up that color. That way it cools it down real quick. But Mark Jacobson, a professor of civil and environmental engineering at Stanford and his colleague, research student, John Tenhove, probably killing their names, founded a new paper in the Journal of Climate that while white surfaces cools houses, they also reduce cloudiness, allowing more sunlight to reach the ground. That conclu- The conclusion uh, complements a recent study by the National Center of At- Atmospheric Research that found that positive effects of white roofs to the sun would be offset by a negative effect in the winter. 
So it makes it colder. So either way, like they're saying there's insignificant, it's insignificant. And if it does work, just say they're saying by chance that it does work, then that means in the winter it would be even worse. You can't make this stuff up, but I mean, you know how these guys are. It's it's pretty hilarious. And I think that's it. That's all I got for you guys today. You know, I appreciate y'all. I know I haven't done the lives. I will eventually get to this Monday lives, or maybe I might do a Friday. I'm still working on the days. Just, you know, trying to work it out with the work schedule. Plus, you know, we got our our flagship show, Kill the Mockingbirds, that I, I like to attend to. And we got Shadow Band Syndicate and Floating Mushrooms. So, you know, we try to stay busy, uh, always researching and getting different topics. But I will get up on these lives and try to be out there more. So I want to hear what you guys say, think. And uh, maybe you guys could give me some news stories. Tweet me some news stories at Sean Chris KTMB. You know, tag me in those uh, things you find interesting. Maybe I could put it onto the show. Work it in again. Appreciate all the five star reviews we're getting. You guys are killer, man. You guys are something else, man. You guys, crack me up. Some of the <laughs> some of the comments I see on YouTube or Apple or Spotify, the comments are just uh, always great. We love the love. We love the love like right that's how that sounds good everyone love everyone <laughs> ELE but that's how we do it and you know you can go to killthemockingbirds.com to find everything you can find our music there me Joel Thomas Sean Chris you can find the podcast there you can find this podcast there you can find Ginger Snap there Shadowband Syndicate floating mushrooms and of course our flagship kill the mockingbirds and we're working on the members only Shh. keep it hush hush a little bit <laughs> just kidding share it please soon we'll be opening that up and we'll be having more episodes and different people popping up and you know movie breakdowns trying to like liven it up man we want to give you guys as much as we can and we can't do youtube because they just don't like us. I mean, we hadn't even post on YouTube in over two years. And this was like the third, fourth channel that we had made after being nuked so many times. And they hit us again. So <laughs> it looks like YouTube is just not for us. So we're looking at different avenues. And the members only is the way to go. You can follow me at Sean Chris Music on Instagram. And stream all my music sean chris on all music streaming platforms and that's s-e-a-n-c-h-r-i-s because i know sometimes some people spell it with s-h but yes this is s-e-a-n sean chris on all music streaming platforms i appreciate y'all uh, i'm gonna go dig up some more good material for you guys you know what i'm saying news with attitude conspiracy gangster all i can say is <laughs> we about to end like this Let's hit him with Mockingbird Massacre, Sean Chris. All right, peace, y'all. Bye-bye, motherfucker! What is it, what, what is it about humanity that, 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 that wants to go to all the details and stuff and listen to, you know, these guys like Fauci get up there and start talking. You know, he doesn't know anything really about anything. And I'd say that like his face. Do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I'm dumb? How you thinking you can pull a fast one? I can see the truth right under your tongue. Are you telling me? Are you telling me now is la 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 la
selected Skull and bones protected Dodging the jab, staying alive like the Bee Gees Warning my people of a modern day Tuskegee Black Americans injected with syphilis For free health care and the government didn't give them shit Flint's water still ain't fixed Yet they gentrify your Motown, keeping the illages rich MKUltra, blue check fucks, they don't respect us Pushing Mockingbird media agenda No surrender, no retreat Blood flowing in the street, the V is both and dead of fuck peace. Fraudulent Fauci don't know jack shit. Globalists wanna keep the country split. The PCR test was never designed to prove infection. That's where the carry mullers mass deception. Do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I'm dumb? How you thinking you can pull a fast one? I can see the truth right under your tongue. Are you telling me? Are you telling me now is la 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 Operation Northwood to paperclip Human trafficking, evergreen container ship Knights of Marlar, modern crusades Science is the new religion, complying, obey Phones tapped by the NSA Patriot Act, false flag attack Led to the war in Iraq What a twisted vision WTC7 building, control demolition Manipulate the men and women for enlistment That's some Sean King level grifting Climate change, Paris Accord, another scheme by elites that we can afford. Bay of Pigs, Ruby Ridge, bombs planted on the Washington Bridge. Hard project, manipulate the forecast. Sinclair Group propaganda broadcast. Do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I'm dumb? How you thinking you can pull a fast one? I can see the truth right under your tongue. Are you telling me? Are you telling me now is la 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 Now is la 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 la